it's vital that we talk about what God is doing right now. You know, it's vital that we recognize when he's moving. We're, we're, I'm going to start the message here with, uh, with Acts 2, but it's good for us to see that because God is spirit and spirit doesn't really know any time or distance, Acts 2 is really current events. Acts 2, the same spirit that's flowing through the Holy Spirit coming into that upper room and the Lord manifesting himself through people, um, that's what's happening here today. And we need to tell people that. We need to let them know what the Lord is doing. Uh, we're going to start here in Acts, Acts 2. And I'm just going to read this out. If you want to follow along in the version notes, I think you can get that through the, uh, through the QR code on the back of the seat. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, uh, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And I think, pause right there, that's a very important question for us to ask when we see God doing something unusual. We talked last week about how when we respond in a way that goes beyond what natural circumstances would dictate or instruct us to do, that's actually supernatural. When we respond in a way that's outside of the natural world, to God or God moving through us and something happens that's outside of what should be happening in the, in the natural. That's supernatural. And when we see God doing something supernatural, this is a great question for us to ask one another and ask him, what does this mean? What does this mean? Some, here's what we don't do. Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. So these are probably people who not only wanted to make fun of what was going on, which happens when God moves, there's, you know, there's criticism. There's people who don't quite understand. They don't get it. They haven't had that relationship. And it's easier to poke fun at it than to admit that, wait, there might be something I don't know. There might be something I'm missing. It's easier just to keep it at a distance with a joke or a criticism, right? And that's what these guys are doing here. They said they've had too much wine. Also, literally, if these if these folks gathered are speaking languages from a lot of other countries that I'm not familiar with, it might actually sound like somebody's a little bit drunk and they're, they're slurring their words and they're speaking some gibberish. But they said they've had too much wine and Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and he addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. 
In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I'm really hoping I'm still in the vision part of it. Even then, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. Now, there's a lot in Acts 2 that we could unpack. And there's a lot in there that we could spend a whole series on about spiritual languages and the Holy Spirit moving and all that. Those are all worth us diving into, but they're not actually the point of today's message. And we don't need to dive into all that to understand what we're gonna be talking about today. Today we're talking about spirit-filled worship. We've been talking about wonder, awaken to worship. And today we're talking about worship that is spirit-filled. And what I want to do is I want to demystify it a little bit because when we say that something is spirit-filled, I think that there's a natural tendency of people to think, oh, this is going to be weird. I'm not going to understand this. This is going to go in ways that I'm not expecting and honestly, I'm not really comfortable with. So let's just ignore it. No, spirit-filled worship is when, when Jesus talks with the woman at the well in John 4 about worshiping in spirit and in truth. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about worship that doesn't just come from me and my good idea. It's not led by me. I'm under a really, a really bad misconception if I believe that my worship of the Lord is actually coming from me. It's not. What worship that comes from me is, is me letting go of the things that I naturally want to do and allowing the spirit within me to worship through me. That's what's happening as we worship the Lord. So the next, we've been talking about worship. The next step we really need to take in our worship journey is recognizing the role of the Holy Spirit in our worship and how the Holy Spirit is always declaring the goodness of God constantly and consistently. He's always seeing God's praises. The Holy Spirit is always leading or moving us toward him, speaking those things to us that God wants us to know, right? The Holy Spirit is always doing that and spirit-filled worship, in a nutshell, is letting the Spirit lead our worship expression. So we're going to take a short walk through the scriptures. Uh, we're going to talk about this just a little bit. Now, my scripture point that I want to get to, number one, is in Ephesians 1.13. Also, you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So it's important to get this in our hearts, get this scripture in our hearts, because I think that in Christianity, we come into a couple of different camps, people who believe that the Holy Spirit is active and living and moving and all that, and people who are a little uncomfortable and don't necessarily want to believe the Holy Spirit is moving. I got to say, scripturally, when you make that decision, when you surrender to Jesus, when you hear the word of God and it strikes your heart and you say, Lord, I want you. I choose you. I'm going to follow you. Whether we call it following Jesus, getting saved, it's the moment of our salvation. As soon as that happens, the Holy Spirit comes and abides in you. The Holy Spirit rests in you. You have the Holy Spirit living in you, whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you know it or not. At the moment of our salvation, the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us to seal that decision and also to set us apart 
as holy and righteous in Jesus. Right? We are not the same creature. We're not the same creation. Inside, we are different because when we choose Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in and sets us apart. We are now in right standing with the Father. None of, none of the sin that was ours or anything else, it can condemn us. We've been set apart and, and as holy, as righteous, as in right standing with God. Now, it's important to remember that this Holy Spirit that comes and lives in us is the same Holy Spirit that lives in Jesus. It's the same old, when we say, oh, Jesus, do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? I could never do what Jesus did. Yes, you can. Because the Holy Spirit is living in you. I could never affect people the way Jesus did. Yes, you can. Because the Holy Spirit is living in you. It's the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living in your heart right now. You are closer to him than you think. You are closer to him. You are more like him than we choose to acknowledge. Because the Spirit that raised him from the dead is living in you. He takes up resonance when we believe and he never goes away. He never goes away. I'm gonna go back to our Numa series where we were talking about the Holy Spirit and as it relates to worship, think about this. This is one of the things that we, you can keep that up there, Nate, thank you. This is one of the things that we really hit on when we were talking specifically about the Holy Spirit. One of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is to help us accept, embrace, and declare all that Jesus has done for us. That's the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. He teaches us all things. He helps us to accept everything Jesus has done for us. He helps us to understand and embrace that God would do that for us. He helps us to receive Jesus. And then he helps us to declare to others all that Jesus has done for us. So what he does is he reveals our need for, for Jesus. That's conviction. He reminds us who we are in Jesus. That's affirmation. And he reconnects us to the authority of Jesus. That's unification. It's amazing, the Holy Spirit active and living and moving in our lives draws us closer to Jesus than we really think we are. And as we've been talking about worship, remember, worship as we've been defining it is that intersection between love and obedience. The actions that we take out of love for God and in obedience to his word, that's worship. That's what worship is, and worship can look like so many things. But before we move any further in that, I have to remind us that we can't love and we can't obey without the Holy Spirit. So how big a role does the Holy Spirit have in our expression of worship? It's everything. It's everything. Those actions we take out of love for God, which we need the Holy Spirit to do through us out of obedience to his word, which we need the Holy Spirit for, first of all, to remind us what he said, and second of all, to empower us to go do it. All of that is worship. All of that is worship. Let's take a look at a couple of other scriptures here. Scripture point number two. So the first, the first thing is, every believer has the Holy Spirit living within. We'll get to point two. Acts 2.4 says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues other languages, as the Spirit enabled them. All of them were filled with the Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Let's take a look at Ephesians 5, 18 through 20. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, 
speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. And we can leave that one up there, Nate. So we talk about the Holy Spirit living inside. Well, what do we, what do we mean then? Why do we need that? I mean, isn't all worship spirit-filled? The Holy Spirit is living inside of us, and that's a baseline for Christians. But there is another level of the filling of, of the Holy Spirit. This is beyond just, Jesus, I want to follow you, and the Holy Spirit comes in to seal it. Right? The Holy Spirit is living and active and always speaking to us, always wanting to lead us. But there's, our will is playing a part here as well. The Holy Spirit wants us to follow Jesus in everything we do. But I got, I mean, I'll be real honest. I don't follow Jesus in everything I do because sometimes I'm not listening to the Holy Spirit. My will keeps me from him. My will keeps me from him. And so this is the, this is the next step in the process of living spirit-filled lives that have spirit-filled worship. Being filled carries with it the connotation of being influenced or affected or controlled. We don't like the word control, but we got to get over that because that's the role we need to let the Holy Spirit take in our lives. The Bible talks about being filled in this way, not just with the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about being filled. We can be filled with a lot of things. In Acts 5, 13, not just wine either, not just like, you know, getting drunk and all that. We can be filled with that. But in Acts 5 and, uh, Acts chapter 5 and Acts chapter 13, uh, it mentions some of the Jews being filled with jealousy. Filled with jealousy. And that's how, that's what they were acting out of. So they, they were, they were filled with a different spirit. They were filled with something that was driving their action, right? In Esther chapter 5, um, Haman is filled with rage against Mordecai. So being filled is pretty, a pretty common experience for us. We allow ourselves to get filled by a lot of emotions. We allow ourselves to get, to get filled by, you know, by, by a lot of different motivations. What God is asking us is put those aside and instead of welcoming in those things to fill you and control you, welcome in the Holy Spirit to fill you and control you. And it really is as simple as this. Holy Spirit, fill me. Statement made in faith, declaring that to God, welcoming him in. I know he's already here. I know he's in here. But I want him to know that I want, I want him to fill me and lead me. So I say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Pastor Bill was preaching, Holy Spirit, fill our churches. Lead our churches. We need the Holy Spirit. We can't do this without the Holy Spirit. So this, this filling is beyond that initial indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And as we continually submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, it's his actions, it's his reactions, it's his responses that become ours. As I'm continually filled, have you ever noticed that the more time you spend around certain people, the more you act like them, Right? Jennifer used to always make fun of me because if I hang around people with a, with a certain accent or whatever, I start to talk like that. It's, uh, I, I, just, I, just, I just want people to like me. That's it, you know. Uh, but if I, <laughs> so, but if I, you know, if I hang around certain people, I'll tend to get their phrases. I hang, around, I hang around Terry Tope too long and if somebody asks me how I'm doing, I'll say better than I deserve because that's what he says every single time. You know, if I hang around people long enough, I start to 
I start to act like him. I start to look like him. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. We invite the Holy Spirit in. We, we, we work with him. We let him speak to us. We let him lead us. And it's not too long before something happens and our first reaction isn't ours. It's his. And we begin acting out of the overflow of the filling of the Spirit in our lives. And we see that in Acts, in Acts 2.11. The Holy Spirit will move through us. In Acts 2.11, the, the people gathered around said, this is really wild. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own languages. I think that's really key. The Holy Spirit was moving through them, not just to talk about what was going on, not just to shoot the breeze about politics. The Holy Spirit wasn't enabling them to speak in other languages so they could give directions to the next city. The Holy Spirit was enabling them to speak in other languages so they could declare the wonders of God in a way that would be understood. The Holy Spirit wants the important stuff expressed through us. The stuff that matters, the stuff that makes eternal difference. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own languages. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's take a look again in Acts, Acts 2, 17 and 18. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. We'll go back to Ephesians 5, 18 and 20. Be filled with the spirit speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see here in Acts, what we see in Ephesians, is that the actions that are being taken are not the actions that people normally are drawn to take, right? We are normally drawn, I was talking about this with Felix earlier. We were talking about how we both had back issues and the doctors had told us, well, don't sit down on the couch too much. And we both said, yeah, but the couch is so comfortable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know it's gonna hurt my back and it's gonna be terrible later, but today that sounds so good. I just wanna sit more, right? That's our natural tendency. If, you're, if I'm left to my own devices for my actions, I'm gonna make it as simple and easy and pleasurable for myself as possible. I don't want hardship. I don't want trouble. I don't want conflict. I don't want to do anything that seems weird to anybody else. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go out of my way. I hope I'm not the only one. I might be, so we'll just move on. Um, I tell by the look on your face now. Uh, so, but in Acts, it says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. They will declare the wonders of God to the world. They will prophesy declaring the wonders of God. Ephesians 5 says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Speak music, uh, speak and sing and make music from your heart, always giving thanks. These are things that don't always occur to us to do at the start, especially when we're having troubles. We don't always think, oh, you know what I really wanna do is I wanna sing and make music to the Lord in my heart because of this financial problem. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for trials, because I know what they're producing in me, and how awesome to be in a trial today. I love you, Jesus. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do that in themselves, which is why we need the Holy Spirit. Following the ways of Jesus is an unending process of letting go, of relinquishing our control, 
of getting away from the thing that we want so badly to do. It's an unending process of realizing I'm not in charge. I'm not in charge. Our lives are like that. And since we're talking about worship, our worship is like that. Our worship has to be like that. This unending process of realizing when we come, I know that we're all gonna know the words to the songs, but those are just words. Without the spirit, there's no life in it. There's no life in it. So even if I've already got songs up here, and sometimes I don't know the words, and that's more embarrassing when you're leading, uh, but even if I forget the words, it's the spirit in it that's actually doing anything for me or for the world around me. Worship is no different. In spirit-filled worship, what we're doing is we're bringing our mind, our body, and our will into agreement with the Holy Spirit inside of us. We approach our worship as we should approach everything with this. Have your way, Holy Spirit. I'm about to step into a moment of worship. I just want you to fill me and lead me. And I promise you that if we say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, lead me. He will. He will. Um, I... Uh, there's, there's this documentary. I'm going to close in just a second. There's a, <laughs> yeah, right. There's a, there's a documentary that I love called Touch the Sound. And Touch the Sound is the story of this uh, Scottish percussionist. Her name is Evelyn Glennie. And Evelyn Glennie was born in 1965 uh, by, let's see, 12 years after 65 is 72, right? No, that's seven years. 77, thank you. I don't do math and I don't write checks. I say 72 because that's the glorious year I was born in, and it's the year that God loves most. Um, so Evelyn Glennie, born in 65, she started losing her hearing by the age of eight. She was a musician. She was, you know, trained in a couple of things, and she was totally deaf by the time she was 12, and she switched over to percussion. And because there's, there's something in there. She could, she could feel. She could sense the sound with her body, with different parts of, you know, like I sense the bass in my feet. And when I'm playing the snare, I can feel that all through my hands. And she connected with music, even without her ears, she connected with music uh, through, through touch. And she, so there's this awesome documentary. I'm not going to get into all of it, but she's speaking about, uh, about the, just the nature of an instrument. She's talking specifically about a drum. And, and in the documentary, she says, basically, it's a misconception to think that I'm hitting a drum and making a sound. I don't make anything. When that drum is built, when that drum's created, it's got a sound. It's built with a certain sound that it releases when you come in contact with it. And then this is where the physics of it gets in. When you're playing the drums, you can strike the drum, but if you keep pressure on that drum, the head doesn't vibrate. Nothing resonates. It doesn't make the sound it was designed to make. And she said, what I do is I make contact with an instrument and then I release the sound that it was created to have. Wow. So cool. And as I'm thinking about our worship, we have a sound that's inside of us. You do. You were born. You were created with a specific sound that's in you that only you make. And that sound that's within you is a combination of you and the Holy Spirit. 
declaring the wonders of God in a way that only you can do. And so when we say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, lead me. And then we open up, that sound is released. And it comes out. And the thing that you were made to do, to worship him, reaches the earth. We're not inviting the Spirit to participate in worship with us because apart from the Spirit, we can't actually know God. We can't worship Him at all. What a, what's happening in worship is that we're letting go of our control and saying, Holy Spirit, come out. Yes. Holy Spirit, go. Please, be, fr be, be free. Explore the space. Right? <laughs> Last thing about our worship and, our, and, and, and the importance, and we see it, as Pastor Bill was sharing about Asbury University, we're seeing it here in our services in the last, over the course of 2023 so far in a, in a greater way. And they see it in the book of Acts. Acts 2, verses 41 and 47. Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So far, we've just kind of been talking about what's happening inside when we allow the Spirit into our worship. But Acts 2, 41 through 47 is about what happens outside. When we allow the Spirit to move through us, when we just humble ourselves, even in the face of stuff that's really difficult, and we just say, Holy Spirit, fill me and lead me. When he does, when he doesn't stay bottled up in here, he gets out there. And when he gets out there, he makes a change in your atmosphere, in your environment, in the people around you. The Spirit speaks to you, and when you release the Holy Spirit and worship from you, he speaks to others. He ministers life. He changes the environment. He makes, he makes an external impact. And last but not least to that point is that when we have that experience, when we know, oh, the Holy Spirit's moving through me, it's exciting, right? It gets you wanting to tell someone. It gets you wanting to get this good news out. It gets you wanting to go out and, to, and you hear somebody, uh, you're out at the store and you hear somebody saying, man, I just really wish I could find a church. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, I happen to know a great church and you could come and, and just be loved and experience the presence of God. Um, or, you know, I'm just really having a hard time. Ding, 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 ding. Holy Spirit might lead you to that person just to be a listening ear, to be a comfort, to let them know that they said something to the universe and God answered through a person. That's what, that's the real global impact of allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you is that when he gets in us and he comes out of us, he draws us to other people and helps us reveal Jesus to them. Yeah.